All right, and good morning, apes. Happy Tuesday to everybody out there. As you guys can see, I am once again back at home at the Daily Peel Global Headquarters. Of course, today, that location has to be undisclosed because we are back at the Daily Peel Global Headquarters here on this beautiful Tuesday, December 12th, 2023. We got a lot going on here today. It's looking like a pretty good day for markets overall. We're spotting some inflation data and everything else here this morning. We won't be talking about that. We're getting into the action of yesterday. We're going to come on tomorrow. It's going to be a nice big long one for you guys with a CPI report, a whole bunch of other stuff. Get ready for the FOMC meeting on Wednesday. Today, we had a little bit of a shorter daily peel, which I'm sure you guys all enjoyed because who wants to hear me rap for all that long? But we can go ahead and dive into things here today. Uh, like I said, happy Tuesday to everybody. Today is Tuesday, December 12th. I think I already went over that. If I could figure out how to scroll this screen, we can get things going here. So in this issue with the peel, we got... American consumers were striving on their inflation expectations. So we'll definitely check that out. We'll see how close that came to uh, the actual CPI report for last month. Not that that matters at all, not that they're connected in any way, but just because it's a fun game of speculation and nonsense. And that's our favorite thing here at the Daily Peel Global Headquarters. Moving on down below, we got a bunch of stocks moving big time for you guys yesterday. We got a big move from Macy's. We'll definitely dive into that. It seems like the story of the, of the day. It was the story of the week prior to the CPI report here this morning. And then, of course, we got some data from CBRE showing that uh, it has literally never been more expensive to own a home as opposed to renting an apartment or renting a home. But we'll get into that down below because I'm sure a lot of you enjoy living in houses much like I do. And I don't want that to change anytime in the future. But we'll dive into that and see how unlikely it's going to be for all of us, for anybody really that's not a boomer to be able to purchase a home within the next decade, two decades, probably seven decades as well. Uh, it's going to be tough. And so we'll go over all that stuff. We'll commiserate together as our favorite thing to do is. Now, we did get some, you know, decent movement from markets yesterday. NASDAQ gained 0.2%, while the Dow's uh, 43 basis point gain led for the session. We had a lot of selling off from the big, you know, mega cap tech stocks and everything. Big selling off day for them. So it was very much a surprise to see the NASDAQ actually rose. But we had a lot of underlying strikes going on. Obviously, a positive side for markets going forward to see that breath kind of all come together. It's not a great time when things like they've been for most of 2023 are incredibly top heavy. And you're seeing basically the largest seven stocks carry the rest of the team, carry all the gains. So seeing this underlying strength on a day like yesterday was a pretty positive side uh, in terms of going forward for market expectations. But how did WSO Alpha do? Of course, they did trash compared to the rest of the market. Not for the NASDAQ by one basis point, gaining 19 bips for the session. Uh, we also did get some brokerage reports for the past month as well. You guys know this is a real money portfolio. This is actual dollars that we're putting at play here. And so we got the brokerage report from Schwab. That's who we use as our broker. We got a 7.86% gain in the month of November. Pretty solid gain. It was slightly below the uh, S&P, slightly below the NASDAQ as well. But hey, we're definitely not going to complain about an 8% gain, although we did underperform. That's kind of par for the course with the team at WSO Alpha. Uh, I'm sure they're going to have a few choice words for me after seeing this. But hey, that's the game of life. And most importantly, that's the game of markets. Let's go into some big stories of the day that we didn't get a chance to talk about. So as I've kind of alluded to all week here, it is a big week in terms of data, in terms of news going on. We get the CPI print today. We'll go over that a little bit as well. But we don't want to step on too much content for tomorrow as well. I'm going to keep you guys on your toes, right? We also have an FOMC meeting uh, coming up on Wednesday of this week. Current odds of a hold are at 99.7%, so definitely a big one there. I mean, it's really not going to be a surprise. They're, you know, literally 100% chance they're going to hold, but if they don't, that's going to be a big surprise. We're going to get a big reaction in either direction. We'll see what's going on there. We'll see if they make any changes to balance sheet operations as well. 
and kind of under the hood stuff is what we're going to be looking at. So moving on down below, Google took a big L late in the day on on Monday. They had a big weekend with the release of Gemini and kind of a new uh, artificial intelligence model that, get, believe it or not, is actually on par competing with OpenAI's ChatGPT. It's called Gemini. Uh, allegedly, it's good. I mean, I have absolutely no idea. You'd have to ask an actual smart person to tell you that. I don't know any of those, so hopefully you do and go check that out. But they did lose a lawsuit to Epic Games where a jury decided that the Play Store was determined to be acting in an anti-competitive manner. That's definitely not what you want to hear. Somebody once said that to John Rockefeller, and we saw that uh, went down from there below. I'm being told now by our extensive team of producers as well that we also have a video on Gemini here. So we're going to get that pulled up in just a quick second, I believe. And uh, it's Definitely. Your other issues, which is real spending. Have some ideas. Let's start. All right. Testing Gemini. Here we go. Tell me what you see. I see you placing a piece of paper on the table. I see a squiggly line. What about now? The contour lines are smooth and flowing with no sharp angles or jagged edges. It looks like a bird to me. Hmm, what if I add this? The bird is swimming in the water. It has a long neck and beak. It is a duck. Yes. A duck is a type of waterfowl in the family Anatidae. Ducks are closely related to geese and swans. The duck appears to be blue. This is not a common color for ducks. However, there are some breeds of blue ducks. All right, well, I don't know about you guys, but Gemini seems like kind of a huge nerd, uh, especially in the way that it's talking right there, but I guess it can't identify ducks. That's something that I'm pretty sure my three-year-old cousin could do. Uh, but still, it's good to see that a computer can do something like that. And most importantly, shout out to our extensive producer expert team, uh, keeping me in line over here with all the technical issues and technical capabilities, most importantly. So shout out to them as well for that video. Uh, and then, of course, lastly, WSJ reported late in the day yesterday the top presidential candidate for Mr. Vladimir Putin himself, Alexander Navalny, was missing from prison. Uh, I'm sure you guys all know what that's actually code for. I mean, something tells us that, you know, he probably got disappeared a little bit more than most usually do. He actually had the balls to run against Vladimir Putin for the president. So we're sure his uh, day and his future is not looking too, pre too, uh, too pretty going forward here. But Let's go ahead and move on into the main story of the day here. It's a rather short one for you guys because it was really just getting us warmed up for the action of today. But essentially, what we saw is the Bank of New York does conduct a uh, kind of a once a month survey of consumers to get some expectations on what's going on forward. So we are dealing with the survey. Once again, we had to outsource resources to our boy Steve Harvey, the greatest TV show host of all time. He's up there with a lot of those great men, Alexander the Great, uh, Julius Caesar, Napoleon Bonaparte. All the others like that, I mean, they welcome Steve Harvey with open arms into their league. And I think it's well-deserved as well. Uh, but so let's go ahead down below and see what this survey says, to quote Mr. Steve Harvey himself. American consumers expect inflation to increase only 3.4% over the next 12 months. This is the lowest reading since April of 2021. Definitely a positive sign to see that consumers are getting a little bit less depressed about the economy, especially because things have been going so well. If you just take a look at the data for the year, that doesn't mean, obviously, that you know, the economy is going great for everybody all the time, but 
2023 so far has been a pretty good year. And uh, so it's good to see that consumers are starting to recognize that a little bit. This was a 20 basis point fall compared to expectations last month. And then, of course, over the next three to five years, they're expecting a little taper to 3% and 2.7%. Now, keep in mind, this is just random Americans that they're asking. Most of these people have absolutely no idea what they're going to be eating for dinner tonight. I bet you a good bit of them, especially if their fathers couldn't tell you when their child's birthday is. So take it with a grain of salt in terms of their inflation expectations. Even economists get this wrong constantly, so we can't put too much pressure on the consumers here. But hey, it's one of those things because inflation is very much a self-fulfilling prophecy. If we expect inflation to be much higher in the future, we're going to buy a bunch of shit right now so that we can pay lower prices than we would if we wait until that future date. So that demand itself and that act of going and buying to preempt the inflation actually plays a part in creating that inflation itself. So in that case, this survey and these expectations from consumers actually do matter, even though they obviously have absolutely no idea what we're talking about. We go ahead and take a look at some other highlights of the report. See that uh, they expect unemployment to be higher about you know a year from now. They expect growth in household incomes for the next year was on change at 3.1%. Uh, perceived probability, so the expectations of the crowds that markets are going to be higher a year from now increase just slightly. Again, a little bit more positivity. Then we get to gov- then we get to growth in government debt. Certainly no positivity to go around here. We expect that to increase uh, quite a bit going into the next year. And the perceived probability of losing one's job increased just a hair. Again, showing that kind of loosening up of the labor market that uh, J-PAL has been waiting for. We go ahead. This is the inflation expectations report. This is really a summary of it. I'm not even going to click on the survey because I think our eyes are going to fall out of our heads. But as you can see, they asked consumers if they what they expect inflation to do over the next 12 months. So that was about 3.4%. If that's the case, that's going to be a big jump up from what's happened over the last 12 months here because we did just get the CPI print. This is hot off the presses from 8.30 this morning. I know all of you had your alarm set so that you could be up on time taking in this full report, reading every word of it and going out all those line items of all 38 pages here. Now, obviously, I've done that. I know that you guys have done that too, but let's just talk about it a little bit here. So we got an increase of 10 basis points, 0.1% in November. That translated to a 3.1% increase for the headline inflation number for the year. We go ahead and take a look down. It's a slight tick up from October, but nothing to worry about. It's 0.1%. I mean, who really cares? We go ahead and look at the chart for CPI annually. We can see that headline all items index is uh, still declining. Declined from about, I believe it was 3.2 or 3.3% last month to 3.1%. For November, we can see that core stuck heavy at that 4% figure. That might be a little bit of a concern for Fed officials to see core inflation not going down, but it's a little bit challenging because core removes energy and energy has been crashing quite a bit as indicated up here. Uh, the decline in the gasoline index was a big part for it, but the index for shelter is still just being a complete dip and continues to increase largely because of our terrible way of actually tracking home prices. Uh, you guys know that's something we complain about all the time. Like I said, we're not going to step on our own content too much because we want to have fun with you guys tomorrow too. So let's go ahead and move right on to Macy's. I'm glad that we already talked about our expert producers and the extensive team that backs them over there here at the Daily Peel Global Headquarters. Because believe it or not, we do have another video for you guys today. I know two in one live stream is pretty crazy, but we got one going for Macy's and we're going to play a little bit of that video right now. Take a look right now at Macy's on pace for its second best day on record after receiving a buyout offer for nearly $6 billion. CNBC.com retail reporter Gabrielle Fonroux joins me now with the details on just why Macy's is in play, so to speak, and why it's a target for possible private acquisition. 
So it's a great question. Uh, Macy's business has been under pressure. Um, as of Friday's close, before this news came out, their shares were down about 16% year to date. They're facing competition from online upstarts. You've got Amazon, you've got Shein. And then you also have all of the brands that have long sold in Macy's are now pursuing their own direct-to-consumer models. So they're competing against the brands that they have long partnered with, right? So why would a consumer go into Macy's and when they can buy Coach or Calvin Klein or Nike directly with that retailer. And what the value here is, though, is what's going to be interesting. Okay, so what is the value? I mean, anybody anybody who's been inside of a Macy's store over the past couple of years walked out of there with a Prozac subscription. So it has been a pretty depressing place. That's obvious to see. So we're glad to see there's some action going on there. This iconic American retailer, that's a brand that people don't really necessarily want to lose. And so we're glad to see that some uh, groups of investors are taking an interest here. This retail is 165 years old. It started as a one-store shop back in New York and has since ballooned to the behemoth that we know it as today. Really, its peak days were in about the mid-20th century when department stores were really becoming a thing and credit cards were emerging and everybody was getting high on spending as much money as humanly possible. Now, it's been a tough scene for them. If we go ahead here, actually, I'm just going to pull up a chart of Macy's stock to show you guys exactly what we're talking about because this thing has been a real piece of shit since 2015. They ripped following the GFC, but only to decline since then. Shares are down big time, well over 70% or right around 70% or so. Uh, but so obviously... That was not a great sign to see, but these acquirers are going to get in on, on the cheap. And like that video alluded to, there could be some potential value here with the distribution network. But when you're just a holding place to sell other people's shit, it's tough to hold on to any kind of brand value, especially in a market that's going more and more direct to consumer. So it's a tough spot for them. These investors think that they can make some money out of it. What a surprise, but we'll see what ends up happening going forward. Let's go ahead and take a look at everybody's favorite app, Snapchat. I'm sure you've opened it at least 10 times today already. And the stock has definitely done pretty well as well. So if you'd open up your brokerage app as well, you've probably got the smile put on your face instead of just opening up Snapchat and seeing all your friends ignoring you. Maybe that's just me, but definitely a big concern of our generation. What happened yesterday? Wells Fargo analysts decided to uh, kind of turn the page a little bit. They're very hyped up on this name, increasing their price target from $8 all the way up to $22 per share. Glad to see they increased that price target from $8 because it was already at more than double that by the close yesterday. Uh, so they almost tripled that price target up to that $22 level. We'll see if that can actually hold, but they're getting bullish on the digital ad market going into 2024. If you don't think there's going to be a huge recession, maybe you should be bullish on digital ads too. I mean, who really knows? Let's move on down below to what was wrong for the day. We got Bitcoin. We got digital assets. We can actually say the word Bitcoin on this live stream without it getting spam filtered out. In case you've ever wondered why, that's, uh, why we actually never say it, that's exactly why, because these damn spam filters. Let's go ahead and take a look at the price chart here. So we have seen a little bit of upper movement since uh, yesterday when I was writing about this at about 4 p.m. here. Let's go ahead and take a look over the last 90 days. Bitcoin's price has absolutely been ripping. October was great, and then November was even better. I mean, Lexus always says it's a December to remember, but for Bitcoin traders, it was a November to remember this year. Uh, but unfortunately, that wasn't the case yesterday. I'm being told it's a healthy correction, or that's what all the nonsense on Fintwit was saying. That's a great uh, kind of band-aid for any reason, for anything to go down. So we'll see if that continues going forward. Again, there's really no fundamentals here. People try to do that stock-to-flow ratio as a DCF for an asset that has absolutely no cash flow. So it's an interesting thing. I'm sure I'm going to get a lot of hate for that, but come at me, you Bitcoin bulls. I mean, I, I'm all, I want all the smoke here. Now, moving on down below to the world's largest healthcare company, the largest the world has ever seen, 
Eli Lilly had a rough day yesterday because their drug zip bound to treat obesity. Uh, it turns out it doesn't actually treat it when you stop taking it. You got to go and get the injection in the ass once a week if you actually want to keep that weight off. Study showed yesterday that the second you stop going to get those injections in the ass, you're going to gain that weight right back. And it's going to be about half the weight that you ended up losing. So definitely not a great sign there. We don't know about similar numbers for Manjaro, Zempic, and all that other nonsense. But I'm sure it's definitely not great. Speaking of things that aren't great, let's go ahead and take a look at why the nasty mass and in the housing market right now. Not a whole lot of news going on yesterday, so we figured we'd just commiserate about housing once again. If you're under the age of 40, I promise you buying a home is going to be terrible. It's going to be an awful experience uh, whenever you want to do it, especially if that's over the next couple of years. Literally never in American history has the spread between uh, renting and owning been wider. Costs about $33.22 to actually own a home. Meanwhile, renting a new spot, leasing it out is only going to be about $21.84. That's a difference of over $1,100 right there. That's some of the widest that we've ever seen in American history. And once again, I'm going to keep pounding the table on this until J-Town puts on his hard hat and gets out there. We are not going to see this change until we get an increased supply of housing in the United States. Sure, having a huge global horrific housing crash in the past you know, decade and a half or so is definitely a reason to be a little bit afraid, but PTSD has got to go away at some point. We need these home builders to get back in shape. Don't be surprised if you end up seeing some government intervention at some point, not saying that's going to be soon at all, but we could see some incentives going on there, just like they incentivize consumers to do things like uh, purchase solar panels and all that other nonsense going on. We're definitely going to need it. Big question of the day, are young people going to be stuck renting for most of their lives? For those of us that live with our parents, when can we kick these roommates out? I mean, there's a lot to wonder here, and most of all, there's a lot to save for because those home prices are expensive and don't even get me started on the monthly payments. Let's move on down below to what Wise Investor says. Robert Kiyosaki, as many of you may be aware, is anything but a wise investor. This guy is a bonafide moron, goes on Twitter, and is a huge fear monger. Uh, definitely not a great guy to, to follow because if he did, you wouldn't have been investing over the past two decades and you would have missed out on some huge gains. But sometimes stupid people can't say smart things. Mr. Kiyosaki came out here and said a winning strategy must include losing. You're going to fall and you're going to fail sometimes. I do it every day. You guys know that if you read the newsletter here. Uh, so definitely something to keep in mind, even from somebody who's not exactly the brightest bulb in the light shop. Now, that completes our live stream for today. We got a lot coming for you guys tomorrow with the CPI report and a whole bunch of other stuff that we actually don't want to step on just yet. But thank you guys so much for joining us here today. Happy Tuesday, happy trading, and we'll see you guys tomorrow. And thanks to you, my listeners at Wall Street Oasis. If you have any suggestions whatsoever, please don't hesitate to send them my way, patrick at wallstreetoasis.com. Until next time. Thank you.